Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, pet people, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it is the last weekend of 2012. This year has gone by so amazingly fast, and I hope everyone has had a wonderful year. I've enjoyed bringing you all the very best animal people to come and chat about everything and anything an animal enthusiast would want to know about, and I hope you've enjoyed it as well. For our final show this year, I have a couple of very special guests. First up will be Carrie Dunn-Burren, who has spent over 30 years working with kids with autism spectrum disorders. She is a strong advocate of pet-assisted therapy and can really elaborate on all the good that comes about from the special relationships between pets and the kids she works with. And after our halftime break, Ryan Drabeck from the Orange County Animal Care Center will be dropping by to talk about the latest news from Orange County's largest shelter. So keep your radio tuned right here to K-Mozart, and we'll get started after a very quick station break. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on K-Mozart. I'm Marie Hewlett, and I'd like to welcome Carrie Dunbaran to the program. Good morning, Carrie. How are you? I am great. How are you, Marie? I'm doing really well, and I'm I'm real excited to speak with you because I know that uh, you're sort of a specialist in the area of autism spectrum disorders, and my oldest daughter actually... Um, works with children with autism, and she actually did a paper that was published recently about pet-assisted therapy and, and children with autism and all the wonderful benefits. So when I heard about you, I thought, yay, I'd love to have her on the show. <laughs> wow, and I'd be interested in her work as oh, well. Oh, <laughs> okay. So how would you get involved in all of this? Um, well, I, you know, I've been involved with Kids uh, on the autism spectrum for over 30 years. Wow! Uh, it was about in the, uh, 1981. I was hired to start one of the first autism programs for kids in elementary schools oh, here awesome. in the Twin Cities. Um, and so, of course, it's just uh, our information about autism has grown since then. Oh, it sure uh, so has. From the beginning, I think it's just they've. I've been fascinated by kids on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the canine therapy piece of it, um, I pretty much uh, started noticing that there were um, common uh, commonalities between what the outcomes of canine therapy were and some of the problems that I was finding in my students. The students typically uh, were pretty, uh, very highly anxious, particularly in social settings like school. And the outcomes of canine therapy are calming. Uh, actually, dogs tend to lower your blood pressure, and um, so the and they do that for everybody too. That's <laughs> just exactly. That's right. a wonderful medicine. <laughs> well, the first the first research, of course, was with just typical individuals and mm-hmm. and dogs. Um, so when I started noticing that that research was indicating. Um, that it would help 
somebody, a typical person who was highly stressed, it made sense to me that possibly a dog would help a child who was highly stressed. Mm-hmm. And they, they really do just love animals. Children in general just love animals. And just mm-hmm. to be able to hold them and pet them, and like you said, it's just so calming. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You know, the um, a very well-known uh, adult with autism, Temple Grandin, mm-hmm. very successful. She's written a lot about her relationship with animals and how important they are to her and her development. They sure are. And I understand that you've written a very special book about this. Can you tell me what the title is and a little bit about the book? Sure. Um, actually, this is a children's book. Well, it's a, it's an early chapter book. So it's for children between the ages of 8 or 7 and 12. And is it for children in the autism spectrum or for everybody? I think it's for everybody. Okay. Um, I did My focus groups were just typical um, children in the third grade and in the sixth grade. Okay. Yeah, I also had kids on the spectrum in my focus groups, but I had the majority of them were just typical kids. So I wanted to find out how the story resonated with all of the kids. So I, um, the story itself is about a highly anxious fourth grader mm-hmm. and her social therapy dog Claire. Ah, <laughs> and <laughs> she is um, she gets into trouble at school because she has difficulty handling her emotions, mm-hmm. and she has social anxiety, and of course school is a, about the most social environment we're ever going to ask anybody to perform in, sure. let alone learn in. It's stressful so for it, kids not in the spectrum. Yes, it can be, absolutely. I think that's true. That if you look at almost everything across the autism spectrum, you can see where it, uh, there are similar problems to other children as well. It's just maybe times 10 or mm-hmm. times 20. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, um, Claire in the, uh, that's, uh, is assigned to help Adeline. Uh, and is Claire an adult therapy dog or is she a puppy? Claire is a puppy. Um, oh. The real Claire is my, uh, is my service dog. And so we've been through this at school and at camp, and so it's, the story itself is based on, or at least not based on, <laughs> there uh-huh. are talking animals in my story. So <laughs> oh, it's okay. not a true story. But you mean there's no talking animals? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. That's true. They don't talk in front of humans, so perhaps it's all true. Um, <laughs> based on fact. Um, but her, my experiences with Claire in school and at camp really inspired the story. Okay. So Adeline meets Claire. How did they come together? The um, Adeline's um, support teacher, who is helping her to relax in school through relaxation strategies, um, some yoga, um, other types of relaxation. She's trying to help Adeline um, understand her body and calm herself before her, her emotions get too big and out of control. And so she has decided to um, bring her own puppy into school. And so she starts her puppy off there at three months. And actually, Claire started in an elementary school with kids on the spectrum at three months old. Oh, excellent. Yeah. I started her early because I wanted her to 
become accustomed to the noises and the scents and the kind of the busyness of the environment. Right, that's a great idea too. Yeah. So she's anyway. So um, the in Mrs. Kelly in the book um, brings in her puppy uh, and assigns her puppy to to Adeline. And how does Adeline respond? Does, is she immediately receptive, or does it take her a while to 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 think this is a good thing? She's immediately receptive. Ah, <laughs> it's the best day of her whole entire life. <laughs> when, she, when she gets assigned, she's assigned to actually taking care of Claire and helping to, you know, helping Claire get to understand school and taking her to the different classrooms. Mm-hmm. So she's sort of helping Claire without realizing that Claire is helping her. You know, one of the cool things about animals and kids in school, especially kids who are struggling in whatever area they have problems in, having that animal makes you suddenly the popular kid. Exactly. <laughs> that is exactly one of the, you know, when Claire, my Claire, the real Claire, was working in the school, that's something that I had not anticipated was mm-hmm. the popularity of Claire. So kids would come, we would have this special therapy room, and I'd be working with children with autism, and a lot of kids um, from all over the school wanted to come down and visit just to be with Claire. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And that made interaction with the kids you were working with happen or possible with Mm -hmm. the, the kids who weren't in your class. So that was wonderful. Yeah, it was really wonderful. What lessons can children who are reading this book learn? Um, some of the lessons that somebody reading, the child reading the book, um, and that would depend if they were highly anxious themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, if they were, then the book is full of good ideas for regulating their emotions, calming strategies, self-meditation, um, different ideas that uh, I have tried over the years with different kids who are highly anxious. So they'll learn some of that. Then if a child is not um, highly anxious, hopefully they'll learn that there is such a thing and that it often is the cause of a child who has a tantrum at school. Okay. Um, a tantrum tends to be a scary thing to mm-hmm. experience or to watch. So, um, the so hope they'll learn be, tolerance and patience and, and understand that it's a little beyond that person's control then. Exactly. It's not just a character flaw. It's not just bad behavior. It's actually a, a social anxiety at the core of it and an inability to kind of handle that emotion. Okay. What an excellent idea. What's your, your favorite part of the book? Um... Oh, wow. You know, I think my very, very favorite part of the book um, is the state fair, so I can't give that away because that's the end. Oh, that would be the big okay, spoiler. okay, all right. <laughs> well, but I could tell you some of the others. I think, first of all, the first chapter. I love um, I love the introduction of Adeline in the first chapter, and I hope my goal was to make Adeline very likable and interesting you know, to hook kids into reading the book. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it does, and I sure hope, I, I hope that it does. I bet it will. I, I'd love to hear more about it. How can people find out more about the book and about your work? Do you have a website? I do. I have a website um, that pretty much outlines 
my work, and that's um, www.fivepointscale.com, and that's numeral five. Okay, and your book is listed there, too, if somebody wanted to yeah. purchase it. Can they purchase yes, it from the um, website? The book is, there's a picture of the book on the, on the main page, and you can click on the book, and it'll take you to the publishing company. Okay. And excellent. it's the Autism Asperger Publishing Company. Okay, that's real nice. Are you working on any other books? Um, actually, I have another book for children, highly anxious children, uh, very young children, called When My Worries Get Too Big. Mm-hmm. And I am working on uh, a second edition. That one was originally published in 2003. It teaches young children about anxiety and how it makes your body feel and, and how to relax. Oh, and so nice. I'm doing a second edition of that. Oh, I'm really happy about that. These sound like really good books for everybody. And I know I always enjoyed reading to my children and and loved all the stories I read to them just as much. So it was my way of being able to read children's books. So. Yes. <laughs> well, I think actually doing some background work before I wrote Adeline Claire, I, of course, had to go and get every single new chapter book I could find. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. I loved reading them. Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot of fun. You know, Carrie, the bond between people and pets is such an amazing thing. I think people are just beginning to scratch the surface on all the wonderful benefits of uh, pet-assisted therapy, especially with regards to how it's used with kids within the autism spectrum. So thanks for sharing this wonderful story on Pet Place. Well, you're very welcome, and thank you so much for having me. A pleasure. We need to take a quick break now, but when we return, Ryan Drabeck from the Orange County Animal Care Center will be stopping by to talk about all the latest news from his shelter. So stay right where you are, and we'll be right back with more Pet Place Radio on K-Mozart. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show with Ryan Drabeck from the Orange County Animal Care Center. Welcome to the Pet Place, Ryan. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to talk with you. I know that you have so many things going on at the Orange County Animal Care Center, and so many wonderful things have been happening. Tell me about some of your great new programs. Well, we've got, yeah, absolutely uh, just a a bunch of things going on right now uh, at OC Animal Care. Um, Some of the things we're most proud of, particularly this past year, is just the number of adoption events that we've been able to, to host here at the Animal Care Center particularly in conjunction with other agencies, with uh, other entities. Uh, one of the ones that, that we've been really proud of and uh, enjoyed the most uh, is our work with Angels Baseball Foundation. Uh, as you know, our shelter is located in the city of Orange. Uh, we're just about five minutes driving distance from Angel Stadium, mm-hmm. and uh, this was a partnership that developed uh, about four years ago. Well, how did uh, that all start? You know, we got a visit one day uh, by a couple of gals, and they were asking for a tour and asked, uh, um, you know, were asking a lot of questions. So I showed them around our facility, talked about a lot of our great programs, some of the things that we were trying to accomplish, and um, thankfully they fell in love with us. And unbeknownst to me at the time, uh, one of those ladies was the wife of uh, Angel Second Baseman Howie Kendrick. Uh, Jody Kendrick was one of those gals. Um, and the other was uh, from their um, uh, PR department. So it developed into a great relationship. They ran a fundraiser for us that year, 
and subsequently based on that fundraiser we held an adoption event and I think that very first event we did over a hundred adoptions in just in one day. Oh that's phenomenal. Yeah and since that program's inception uh, they've raised well over seventy thousand dollars for um, our shelter and other local nonprofit animal rescue organizations and shelters. Um, they've distributed that uh, the, those funds um, you know as they they felt they needed to but we've been a, a major recipient of that and it's helped us to adopt out well over 500 animals through oh, that program that so, is so nice. and and additionally one of the great things about that program is when they do the fundraiser the day they do the fundraiser they do a, a big public relations thing with our agency and any other agency they've uh, invited and they take us out onto the to the um, to the grass and they do a whole presentation on shelter adoption and spay-neuter education. At and the Big A? At the Big A, right oh. before a game. It's fantastic. <laughs> and one of those things where you just you don't get the opportunity too often to plug shelter adoption and spay-neuter with so many people at one time. And it's mm-hmm. just been a really wonderful thing for us to participate in, and we're very, very fortunate that they've included us. Oh, how fun. That is remarkable. Congratulations on that partnership. Thank you. Well, it's, you know, it's a, it's a congratulations to us all. Uh, we coordinate with, with uh, you know, pretty much every other shelter in Orange County. And to me, the more we can push towards our, our primary cause of lowering everybody's intake and, and increasing shelter adoption, decreasing euthanasia, you know, that's our primary goal. Fantastic. And I understand you have something called Noble Friends Foundation that's part of the shelter now? We do. Uh, We had a nonprofit group that started up just a couple of years ago. It was founded by uh, the former chair of our advisory committee, Sharon Hayhoe, and our previous director, Jennifer Phillips. They founded this nonprofit group and called it Noble Friends Foundation for OC Animal Care. And it's a nonprofit uh, entity that is uh, that was founded specifically to to support us and the programs we have. And they're they're still a relatively new organization. They're only a couple of years old, mm-hmm. but they've raised significant funds for our shelter medical program, which uh, essentially takes animals that come in with pretty significant medical needs and raises funds so that we can provide life-saving surgeries and treatments for those animals and get them placed um, without having to, to, you know, further utilize the nonprofit rescues that have been so great to us. So it's just another program that we can provide uh, through this nonprofit organization. Um, People can visit their website at noblefriendsfoundation.org if they'd like to, uh, um, you know, give funds at this time of year for our shelter. And, And they have some pretty fun fundraisers, too. I heard that they had a dog walk. Their first ever dog walk, yes, and they raised over $12,000 from this event. And we're still in the process of working with them directly on some of the programs and things that we're going to be purchasing uh, for the shelter and uh, our animals. Um, All all the money that's donated to our shelter uh, goes towards the animals specifically. We we don't want people to donate money and and pay for our lights. We want Mm -hmm. people to donate money uh, to programs that are going to save lives, that are going to get more animals adopted. And so we're very, very strict on what our donation funds go towards to ensure that our animals are receiving better care, uh, that they're going towards adoption programs and, and medical programs like the one the other one I spoke of. That's great. And you also have a program called the Feral Freedom Program. Tell me about that. 
We are working on a program. We were fortunate this year, again, a very big milestone for us, something we're really excited about. We've received a grant from the ASPCA. Everybody's heard of the ASPCA. Uh, I'm sure they've all seen their commercials on TV. Um, We received a grant from the ASPCA to pilot what's called a feral freedom program. And, uh, you know, our shelter, uh, like many other large open admission facilities, takes in a significant number of feral cats each year. And each year, uh, the bulk, if not all, of those feral cats are euthanized, mm. primarily because, uh, you know, feral cat is essentially um, your tomcat, one that's not social. Uh, it's been, you know, it's fended for itself nearly its entire life. Um, and yeah, and even though not- you can work with them and, and bring them around, it really takes a special person. And, and most people don't go into the animal shelter saying, yeah, I want a cat who's going to bite and scratch me for the yeah. next six months. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, big shelters like mine, uh, generally speaking, you know, are, are the historical way we've dealt with those animals is to accept them and to euthanize them after um, the state-mandated holding periods. And, mm-hmm. and that's what we've done for years on end. And, unfortunately, that method just hasn't reduced the number of cats that continually come in, or feral cats, excuse me, that continually come in, mm-hmm. and the neonatal kittens that they produce. And mm-hmm. this program in particular uh, has been run in other jurisdictions and been run quite successfully, but what it does is it involves a, a very large public education component, but also a component of working with, um, uh, you know, some nonprofit entities. Uh, and essentially what we'll do utilizing that, that grant from the SPCA is do the spay-neuter surgeries on cats that are healthy, ones that are obviously being cared for. We're not mm-hmm. going to be spay-neutering and returning, you know, sick sick animals, but ones that are healthy that have obviously been able to fend for themselves and take care of themselves in a particular area. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll spay-neuter them, microchip them, vaccinate them, and then return them to that area and distribute public education materials to that area and residents in that area to let them know about the program and that the purpose of the program is to reduce um, uh, the feral cat populations in their area. And and like I said, programs in other areas have been quite successful in both reducing their shelter euthanasia, but also in reducing the intake of feral cats and neonatal kittens coming into their facility. And that, to me, is really the ultimate goal that we hope to see from our pilot of this program, is to reduce the the populations of feral cats in the areas we serve, but also reduce the intake of neonatal kittens or or the kittens that a lot of these feral cats are producing sure. over time. Absolutely, that sounds like a great program. It, it's really exciting. We're we're hoping to get it up and running in in early 2013, and you know, obviously, would love to see results shortly thereafter. Wonderful. And I know that you work with a lot of rescue groups, and you try and get a lot of the animals that are running out of time at your facility into rescue groups. How many animals do you estimate went into rescue uh, this year? This last year, uh, over 2,000 of our animals went to nonprofit animal rescue groups. They have been exceptional partners in helping us with the populations that come into our shelter as you well know, Marie, uh, a lot of animals that, that our shelter and other shelters in Orange County and beyond take in. Um, some have significant medical issues. Some have very minor temperamental issues. Um, and are animals that just can't be adopted to uh, the general public that come in. Well, our nonprofit groups are phenomenal at assisting us in getting these animals placed and getting them the help they need 
the resources that these animals need to, you know, eventually become adoptable, uh, healthy, and, and all the things that, that those special needs animals um, require. So it's been uh, just wonderful partnering with these organizations. They network so well now with mm-hmm. the use of Facebook and some of these other social networking um, uh, tools and have really uh, just been a, a huge asset yearly for us to place some of our special needs animals. That's wonderful. Is somebody able to look at the available pets online? Do you have a website or are you on Pet Finder? How does somebody take a look at some of the pretty faces that you have at the shelter right now? We are on Pet Finder. Uh, We're also on Pet Harbor. Uh, Our website is ocpetinfo.com. I'll repeat that. It's ocpetinfo.com. And, in fact, we're going to have a facelift here uh, fairly quickly, um, Mm -hmm. probably uh, in the month of December, if not early January. So we'll have a new website. But in the meantime, uh, they can see all of the animals that we have at the shelter, both lost and found and available animals. Our website updates every half an hour. So Mm -hmm. as photos are downloaded to uh, our software database, um, it uh, gets uploaded to our website within a half an hour. Excellent. Ryan, it's always a pleasure talking with you, and I appreciate you updating us on all the latest news from the Animal Shelter in Orange. So thanks again for coming on the Pet Place today. Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity, and happy holidays to everybody. Happy holidays to you. We need to take one last break now, but don't go away, because we'll be right back with Pet Place News and Events here on K-Mozart. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Now, last week, I mentioned something really exciting, so I'm going to tell you about it again today because you still have time to order a free, that's right, free California Pet Lovers Personalized License Plate. And these are those real special license plates we've been talking about that you put on your car. They're regular license plates, but they have the beautiful artwork of the dog and the cat on the left side, and it's designed by actor Pierce Brosnan. And the proceeds from these license plates go to benefit California spay and neuter programs. Normally, these plates are a little bit on the pricey side, but you could get them absolutely free because Pierce Brosnan himself and Katherine Heigl, along with a handful of other pet-loving donors, have basically donated funds to cover about twelve or 1,300 license plates for anybody out there who wants one. It's, a, it's an offer you just can't pass up on. So if you're interested, head on over to www.petloversplate.com slash gift and use the gift code BROSNAN, B-R-O-S-N-A-N, when you order. And don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org to send us your comments or suggestions for the show and see what other fun animal-related activities there are on the Pet Place calendar. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend and in 2013 with more of the Pet Place here on K-Mozart. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please stay or new to your pets and have a wonderful day. Yeah.